I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. Would you say Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. You're hearing us live from the Authentic Marketing Conference here in Los Angeles. Shout out to MediaLeaders.com. I was just speaking on a panel and now I'm bringing you this Rebel Radio special edition. My guest today is my man, Maddie Safer. He was a member of the Rapture and part of their big indie electro hit before he broke out to do his own thing and has uh, now just come out with a beautiful classic soul record. Uh, check out Maddie Safer online. I think you're gonna like that. He's got some really valuable lessons for us about the peaks and valleys of the music business and just a business overall. Um, kind of how he's able to roll with the ups and downs and really importantly, knowing when it was time to move on. You know, I think that they were having a great time as a band, but you know, he'll tell us about how it wasn't really working for him anymore. And he came to the decision. And now what he's going through as far as the challenges of being a solo versus uh, having been a part of a group. Challenges and advantages. Good stuff here coming up from Maddie Safer right after our EDM.com track of the week. Patience is virtue And I'm a patient man 
sexy. Danny Indigo and Kojo, track called Future Lover, our EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, check out the Triple X channel. That's soundcloud.com slash triple X. And now let's hear what Maddie Safer has to say. I'm excited. So we just met at one of our events and like, um, I don't know, you know, I just knew you were Dave's friend and that's shout out to Synapse. Yep. Um, that's usually good enough for me, but like, so yeah, now I'm excited to get into, uh, what it's all about. Yeah. Um, but I always like start kind of at the beginning and, um, just hear like how you got into this whole thing at all. So how, how, how'd you first even get into music? Um, you know, I had a, I think the earliest is of that is that I have an older sister who played piano (laughs) and I would just sit and listen to her play, play piano and like sing along and annoy her. Cause like when she would mess up, I'd keep going because I knew this, I knew the song she was practicing. Yeah. Um, what were you singing? Like, what, what was the first song you remember singing? Oh well, that was I. That I don't. That is more of a memory I've been told. Oh right. <laughs> and then that I for sure specifically remember. So super his. young. Yeah, that was yeah. When, yeah. Um, Do you remember the first record that you ever bought? The first record that I remember, like specifically going. To the store and being like, I gotta get this was um, black sheep, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh huh. Um, I think I, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember the day I bought that record. Actually, yeah, yeah, that was um, a good day. See, I I remember it because I was, you know, I had to like. I was at the record store with my dad and like, you know, I had I was try had to try to like slide it. I was like really nervous about whether he was gonna buy it for me. Is that right? Uh about about whether he was gonna let me buy it. Yeah. yeah. Because because, you know, I had like the parental advisory like lyrics, yeah. sticker and yeah. And uh, my sister ended up actually confiscating it from me because she nice. was like she was like not down with uh not down with the me- with the message oh not because she wanted it no she was like she, she was, was like, like no, you're you, too, she's, you can't you, have this. she's you're too young for this record like you shouldn't be listening to to this uh misogyny that's crazy that's crazy it's crazy you say that record because I, I i remember the day like i you know i i got that home. i was like so excited to crack that thing open and I, and I think I just locked myself in the room and spent th- the whole day with that record. It's, I mean, it's, it's a pretty incredible record for sure. Um, yeah. And so did you, so other than singing with your sister, like obviously you're into music, but did you start? I mean, I started like playing, I started playing piano, like, you know, like a, a few years later, like when I was like 10, 10, 11, something like that. Just, mm-hmm. and you know, at first I was just kind of like, just, you know, just I think the way like, you know, a lot of parents are just like, try this and yeah. see if you like it. And yeah, yeah. I was kind of into it, and then I went, and I saw. Um, the music teacher in my school had like a concert, like a jazz trio uh-huh. concert that like, we went that me and my mother went to, and I was like, oh, like this is that's really cool. Like I want to do that. Yeah. And that's kind of when what got me like a little more interested in 
a little more interested in the piano mm-hmm. really like mm-hmm. before that i was just you know i was just doing it as something to do and it was all sure. right but that was when i was like oh no this is like like i want to be able to do that right so and what was your first performance like on stage in front of non-family oh well my first performance actually pre sort of predates that um i was in a talent show performance with a couple of my friends uh-huh. um we had a we had a rap group okay um what's the group called uh cya okay um we did a song called the funky place okay um are we gonna find that on youtube you know, I would I would actually be really curious to see that. All right. But I've, as far as I know, it's not it doesn't exist anymore. We have a forensic uh, research team. <laughs> we'll see if they can find it. Oh, you know, I mean, it was a school talent show, and you know, it's camcorders were right. around, so I'm sure somebody's got it somewhere. Could be. That's funny. Um, you know, we did a. Uh, you know, we did. And you were uh, rapping. What I was rapping, rapping, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how would so, it go? It went pretty good. One of them, one of the, one of them, one of my friends forgot his, his verse, uh-huh. and like his flow was like pretty whack too. Yeah. So, I, I always imagine if if I got up on stage, I would just forget the like, like it. It. I mean, this seems like such a small thing in the scheme of things, but like, you know, when people get up on stage and can remember, you know, ten songs worth of material, with, without like you know a, a missing a beat like that's that always kind of amazes me i think it's just like um i mean i don't know yeah yeah i i it's just like a being comfortable no feeling like you know what you're doing i think sure. um yeah people ask me about that and yeah i don't really get nervous the only time that i the only time that i ever feel nervous is like sometimes just sometimes like lyrics like do escape yeah and then it's like the nerves is like okay i gotta because then you're like multitasking because you gotta right. kind of make something up For to sure. make it seem like you didn't mess up yeah while you're also trying to like searching through the drawers to find the lyrics yeah um usually you know it works out mm-hmm. but you know those are you know those that's some that's some nervous moments yeah, yeah i'm sure i'm sure so, so you know, listening to the Rapture, I don't know that I would have guessed that anybody in that band was was a was a rapper or like had a hip hop background. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I don't think my hip hop credentials run all that deep, <laughs> to be honest. But no, but I but I just mean like, know, like uh, I don't know. I just that wouldn't have been like an obvious guess. Yeah, I mean. I mean, that was, you know, like when I was in, when I was, you know, when I was in high school, you know, I was, you know, I was, a, I don't know, I was just a musician. So mm-hmm. I did a lot of things like I played in, I played in like punk bands. Mm-hmm. I played, um, played in the jazz band. I played, I played in the orchestra. I played like as a bass player, I would just play with, um, play with like singers play right. with play with rapper play 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 like with rappers at yeah. different things um i was still my sort of entertaining like i was still like writing a little bit of like i was still like right like 
like writing rhymes a little bit, mm -hmm. but like that kind of fell by the wayside. I realized at a certain point, I was like, this isn't really like, this isn't really where it's, where it's going for me. Yeah. Like, so. What was the, what was the music? You're in DC growing up, right? Yeah. So what was the music scene at the time? Um, it was when I was in high school in DC, I felt like it was sort of a weird time for for the music scene. I think like I mean DC, you know, is like you know, famous for famous for famous for punk music and Discord mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. And then it's also and then it's famous for go-go. Right. And I mean, I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really I wasn't involved in go-go. I mean, like right. Yeah, that, of you know, that was like it's a little before you're, you. You're around it, like it's on the radio a little bit, but yeah. um, and you know, the punk scene at that time, it seemed like a, you know, there was like this older generation of bands that were kind of just like wrapping things up a little bit, mm. like not really that active, not that involved, mm -hmm. and. So, you know, it was like a, it was like a little bit of a lull, which is like I guess you know, it's cool cuz there's not a lot of competition, but it's also right. like you know, it just seemed like it was there wasn't a whole lot of there wasn't a whole lot of like bands to bands to look up to at that mm -hmm. time or like get involved with or play with, you sure. know. Um so so in that environment like so when was the first time that you felt like this is my career like i could like i could make a career out of doing music i mean i think i you know i that was always the plan yeah um you know i didn't know what the avenue was but i right. mean from it was when i started playing bass mm -hmm. uh, which i picked up like about a year 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 and a half after i was playing p after i was playing piano that was like that was like oh this is like my instrument mm -hmm. um did you ever think you might do something else for a living, or or it was always music? I mean, nothing, no, nothing at any point where I was like seriously thinking yeah. about what um, my career would be like. When I was a kid, I wanted to be like a baseball player, uh -huh. but like, right, right, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, right, but no, like you know, when I moved to, you know, the plan was always move to New York to be. A professional musician you know okay. I didn't know what the capacity was going to be you know I was I was in school I was in school for uh, for jazz mm -hmm. um in New York you went to, you in went New York yeah, yeah yeah but um I don't know that I necessarily really thought that like that was the path right like I don't know like I felt like But you know there was I was I was studying I was learning and there's a lot to, there's a lot to learn mm -hmm. from that and there's a lot that I feel like from that kind of education you know informed and continues to inform you know what I do for sure yeah. Um, but yeah so I didn't I you know I I didn't know what the path was but I knew that one way or another you know music was what I do. Mm -hmm. How how uh how much was moving to New York like a game changer? Well, I mean, 
that's the other thing. I always knew I was going to move to New York, like, mm. from when I was a kid, too. Yeah. Like, I went to New York when I was, like, 12 or 13, and I was just like, yeah, this is this is the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think that a lot of, you know, New York, New York is where a lot of, you know, a lot of things happen. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 the big city, you know. Yeah. Washington D.C. Like, you know, it's. I think Washington feels like it's a bigger city than it is, mm. but it's you know it's very insular. Sure. Um, yeah. And it's it's cool that way because you can be, you know, I think you can have you know has like a real like this. There's there are scenes of music here, mm-hmm. but. You know, like, I mean, New York is where I met. New York, you know, New York is where I joined the band, and right. that's kind of what, you know, that's what has propelled me through sure. the rest of, through the rest of my professional career. Yeah. And, and so how long were you, how long were you in the band uh, before things kind of blew up? Um, let's see. I mean, I joined in... sort of the the very beginning uh, very end of 99 mm-hmm. um beginning of 2000 House of Jealous Lovers came mm-hmm. out in the spring of 2002 okay so you know like what is that like a mm-hmm. couple, couple, couple years, years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and you know i mean and you know we but i mean but even before that i mean we were like you know we were touring and right doing doing all that i mean like to me like that felt like we were doing great <laughs> right yeah yeah do you do you have so i'm always curious like if if you have these when you're in it like do you notice when things change right so going from you know unsigned to signed or going from like you know house of jealous lovers obviously was a huge hit you know i think it's easy to look back and say okay that was an important moment right but do you notice that at the time i think that i can't speak for anyone else i think for me i definitely felt like that was going to be a big record and Mm -hmm. i was i don't know if that was because um I think it was partially just a feeling and feeling like it was a good, like it was well done. Yeah. Um, probably partially, uh, you know, James and Tim from DFA, you know, kind of just, you know, filling us, <laughs> filling, filling, filling that head up with dreams. Right. Um, I mean, I don't think any of us really thought it was going to do what it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think I certainly didn't know what to expect. Like, it, you know, it, it opened opened a lot of, opened a lot of doors that I didn't know existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. And so, so what's the feeling like when that's happening? You know, I mean, it's. It's exciting. I mean, I guess you don't. 
it's not a, I don't know, it's not as it's not as crazy in the moment, I think, as it looks in right. hindsight. Like, you know, in the moment like you're just meeting you're just meeting a lot of people. Yeah. And like, you know, just kind of take things in it in as they come. Yeah. And, you know, I mean it's you know, it was a it was a big song but like, you know, it's not like you know, it's not like Justin Bieber big or something like that. You know, it's not sure. it's But like for what that. you guys were doing. For what we were doing, I mean it was definitely a big change. Absolutely. Um How how big was that record? In what sense? Just, just any sense? Yeah. <laughs> just like, whatever that means to me. Yeah. I mean, it like I said, like it just opened up it opened up worlds of music and people and opportunity that I didn't even really know existed. Like, you know, it took us to, it took us to, it took us to Europe. Mm -hmm. I mean, which I knew existed. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, where'd this come from? You know, it's funny, like you say that, like, I think the music business is unique in some ways that, um, like the pace is very, it's it's very different at different stages, right? And, and I think, you know, you're like, you know, when when you have a hit, kind of of any size, right? But but you know, when you have a hit record, like all of a sudden everything moves really fast. Yeah. And you're busy, all day, every day. Yes. You know, interviews, meetings, rehearsal, like whatever those things are. Like all of a sudden, just everything just speeds up, and then you know, at a l- later point, like things slow down again. Yep, and um, and I think that's kind of a unique challenge for people in the mu- music business. You know, most businesses are like they're pretty steady. You might have a product launch that things get a little bit busier, but um, but it's not to these peaks and valleys. Yeah, I mean, I think about like one. You have to understand that that is the nature of it. Yeah, um, and that. you know you have to understand that the valleys are there like and be prepared for them Mm -hmm. Um, you know both like i mean like financially and things like that but like mentally i think is the is the the most difficult one i think a lot of people a lot of people quit or start like floundering around like oh well maybe i should try this maybe i should try this and lose track of what lose track of what their interests are um or you know lose lose sight of what lose sight of what their path is i guess is really more what i mean to say yeah sure um i think it's easy to to feel like whatever happened today is likely to happen again tomorrow kind of thing right and so like if things are going well you expect them to keep going well yeah if things are going poorly you kind of expect they're only going to get worse yeah i mean i think that you know you you see that in Throughout, you see that in all walks of life. I mean, sure. like, even like, think back to like, you know, before like the bubble burst, and people mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, houses are just going to keep on getting rising in value forever." Yeah, there's <laughs> probably never, you know, we're probably never experiencing it. Like, there were people on the news literally saying that, like, yeah. their recessions are a thing of the pa- of the old economy. Right. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's all it's all bull. How'd that work out? <laughs> exactly. Like, so I think like. You know something. Uh, 
something that kind of taught me about that was, um, did you ever see like that Joan Rivers documentary that came out a few years back? No. I don't even know if I remember that. It was a documentary just about her like career and like, not like, not like an overall, like this is like, it was focused in on this period of period of in her career where she wasn't actually doing all that Mm -hmm. great. She was, um, you know, I mean, she was fine, but you know, she was playing like sort of like third tier casino, Mm -hmm. casino gigs. She wasn't doing, didn't have a whole lot of stuff going on and, you know, and just listening to her talk about how she's like, you know, I've been through this before. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she had the whole like show on Fox that right. got canceled. You know, yeah. her husband, di- her husband died. You know, she was, she was broke, you know, and she's like, you know, your career just goes up and down and you just have to, just have to stay focused on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like lo and behold, like at the end, towards the end of the documentary, you know, she gets, what was show? She was on like The Apprentice or some yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that, yeah. and you know, like you know, and it, and it was it was like, oh okay, things are about to right. get flush again, like yeah. about to start playing like first tier casinos, and, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, so did you know that when you, you know, at the time, like when things are starting to blow up for you, like are you in a sense of like, okay, here here we go, and that's not gonna last forever, or no, maybe, no, I mean, of course not, of course not, no, yeah. like I think. You learn that you have to learn. I think you have to learn it for yourself once. Yeah. And like you know, like thankfully, like I had like enough like cool-headed people around to at least make sure that you know I was like you know financially like not being like foolish. Yeah. Was there <laughs> any foolishness? Like what? Any like crazy purchases? Nah, you know what? That's the thing. It's always like it's a um. You you see it. You look back and you see like a a sea of like a sea of dinners. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. what that's that's what that's what yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. Like a sea of sure. like. And let me get this. Right, I got you. But you know, like right. that shit. That shit adds up. Yeah, it does add up. But you know, it isn't. But like you know, I for but the most part, it. I for the most part was actually pretty you know, relatively decent about, um, you know, hanging on, hanging on to what, hanging on to what I had. And, you know, it's served me for sure in, it served me well in like this next phase of my career. Mm -hmm. Hey, check it out. Rebel radio is brought to you by Wix.com. Do you need a website? No, let me tell you, you do need a website. And you can do it yourself with Wix.com, no matter what business you're in. If you got a startup, your music career, your uh, earwax collection, I don't know what you're doing. Whatever it is, you need a website. And Wix is used by more than 84 million people worldwide. It makes it easy to get your website live today. You can spend time on your business. Don't spend time building your website. There's hundreds of designer-made templates to choose from. Use the drag-and-drop editor. You drop in your images your videos, your copy, and next thing you know, you have a beautiful website that you built yourself. It's fast, it's easy, it's free. We did it with rebelradio.net. Check it out, and you can see the amazing work you can do with Wix.com. You're too busy with everything else? Stop worrying about your website. Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to wix.com, create your own website today. 
Send it to us and we will promote it online. All right. So, you know, I'm always fascinated with partnerships and just how how anybody can manage to get along with someone else. Um, I think in any area of life, I think it's pretty amazing. But um, so I'm curious, how, how did you know that it was time to leave the rapture? Um, it wasn't. It was a couple things. Like one, I wasn't happy doing it, but I hadn't been happy doing it for yeah. a little while. Yeah. So that in and of in and of itself, what wouldn't have necessarily been enough to mm -hmm. make it happen. Um, I wasn't. I didn't think the music that. Two. There were two things about them. It was the music, really. It was one. I didn't think that the music that we were making was really gelling. Mm -hmm. it, I just didn't think the pro. I, I didn't think the product was coming out in okay. a way that I was all that interested in yeah. being involved with. And I also felt like I was, you know, I like had this material started that I was starting to write that I was like, I don't think that this band is the place for this material. Mm -hmm. um, like, I didn't think that musically it was just, a, it was just a different vibe and I didn't think it would, I didn't think the songs would sit well in sure. that context. So, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think you all, in hindsight, you always think you took too long to make a decision. Of course. But, um, yeah. and you know, I definitely like spent a little bit of time, like, you know, I'm, you know, I think I spent, I spent more time in it because it was something that I've been doing for like, you know, at nine, 10 years at that point. And I was like, yeah. and you know, like at points it had been good mm -hmm. you know it had been a good creative situation and, sure um so I, you know i wanted to i sort of went through this going through the motions period where i was like well let me just play this out and see if maybe it gets better but i sh you know in hindsight i should have been gone by that point because right. my head was my head was not there yeah but you know you, you know you that's easier to see of course after the fact then during it Totally. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's an ongoing challenge in life, right? Is is knowing when to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, what's the best and worst thing now about being a solo artist? It's the same thing. Um, being able to make decisions creatively and not have to justify or explain or fight for them mm -hmm. um, and accordingly being able to being able to collaborate with people who are involved but not invested mm -hmm. um, like you know the way that I made my record was you know we 
you know, I had the songs. I sort of had how I knew how they wanted to go. And then you talking I, about the, the new the, the EP? The new the EP that I just released, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I was just like, this is how it goes. You know, maybe they would, you know, they would try to they would interpret what I was what I was putting out there but maybe they changed some here or there mm -hmm. um, if it was better I was like that's great if it wasn't I was like could you nah could you do this and like right. you know when you know they're just they're they're involved but mm -hmm. you know it's not they they don't feel like it's their personal expression mm -hmm. that so you know there's no they're not like it's not like an argument or a discussion about, well, this, but I really want it to go this way. And like, I really feel like, you know, it's my, I need to get my, they're just like, okay, yeah, sure. And right. we just move on. Right. Um, and I felt like a lot of, you know, it's, it's cool not having to have that kind of like argument and energy around making, around making music. Sure. Um, so what, what's the downside of that? The downside is that there's nobody to lean on. Right. <laughs> when creative decisions need to get made yeah um in and you know sometimes sometimes it's you know sometimes you just don't know what you don't sometimes you don't know what to do so mm -hmm. but you know creatively with that you know you just you deal with it by you just find people that you trust mm -hmm. and you you can get their perspective and you know may not agree with it but again then you're then i feel like it's still a positive thing because once again you're getting like somebody's and you get if you have you're getting somebody's help but you don't have to do what they right. what they tell you sure. to do sure. um but yeah no it's definitely like it, it it's definitely uh it's wearing to like feel you know there's times where you're like, oh, I'm carrying this, carrying this load on my own. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, one of the things I've found so interesting, so like I said, you know, you sent me this music, and it was definitely not what I was expecting from, like, the dude from The Rapture. And, um, and it's great. I love it. You know, I know we talked over email. Like, it, it, you know, it's, it's music that really speaks to me. But, but I still find it fascinating that, the standard kind of approach is like, you know, for most musicians, it's about like the scene and the style first, right? And so what I mean is like, usually if you're a punk rocker, you're a punk rocker and you have the clothes and the, yeah. the, the you know, fuck the system attitude and like, like all of this kind of comes together and then you make this sort of music as an output of that worldview right and if you're a you know a, a jazz artist you have a very different you know we were talking about i was talking to somebody about that the other day that like you know if we're both football fans and we like different teams we still probably have a lot to talk about mm -hmm. but you know if you're a punk rock guy and i'm a you know r&b guy like we don't even see the world the same way and in fact we might I'm generalizing. Yeah, right? I understand. But we might even dislike a lot about what each other kind of believes in. And I think there's obviously some, some common ground to be had. But, but you know, certainly if you're a country fan and I'm like a, you know, hardcore fan, right? Like we just think of the world as, like you know, we just don't even want to talk to each other. 
for the most part. Yeah, there's le- there's a lot less common ground. Absolutely. And, and it, it would be like being a fan. It would be like talking with the baseball fan when you're a exactly. fan of football. Exactly. Like, like we, yeah, we don't even don't speak know, the same you don't language. Know the, you don't know who the big players are in either sport. You can't right. connect. Yeah. Yeah, and the stuff that's meaningful is not the same, right? And so, you know, so the fact that you you know, are obviously so comfortable in these different genres, I think is, is just really interesting. Um, and so I'm curious, you know, how you see that and, and how you, it doesn't sound like it was a decision to like, I'm going to make a soul or I don't even know how you necessarily describe the music, but I, I've, I've settled on that. So it's the easiest way. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that's soul record. Right. Um, I mean, and so, but it doesn't sound like you were like, Oh, I want to go make a soul record. No, I mean, like, I think it's a couple things. Like, one, like, I never felt completely co- completely comfortable in that world where, where, you know, where it's sort of the world where the rapture got placed mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, it wasn't... Like a a lot of the bands that people thought of as being our peers, like I, you know, I wasn't really that into. Sure. Um, that that could be a problem. Either musically or like even just like personally, like right. it wasn't it wasn't like the kind of people that I got along with. Yeah. Um. And I think, for me, like on some levels, like I was always trying to bring that element of soul and funk and yeah and hip-hop into the rapture you know i mean i think like what and not i mean not and that wasn't the then you know that wasn't the only thing Mm -hmm. but um that was definitely like just music that i cared about and music that you know i think we all we all sort of brought like we all sort of brought disparate interests and into it and the common ground was what was what the band was but Mm -hmm. like in my head like I thought you know I was I was like you know let's be like a really great like kind of like disco band Mm -hmm. on some level sure um So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess, like, the you know, but, like, even even that, like, it's not, like, I don't think, I don't think there was any explicit decision to, like, like you said, there wasn't any explicit decision to start m- doing soul music. Right. It was just the music just started coming out different. Yeah. Like, um, the songs started coming out different. You know, I spent... Um, when we got off of our, off of our tour from the... Uh, uh, piece of the people we love album I was just tired and I was sick of the band and like you know we we were just all, we had just been out on the road for a long time and mm-hmm. I was just like I'm just gonna listen to oh and you know the other thing we had a we had a couple other experiences of just in that time period that just made me f- kind of change the way that, that I saw the band a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, we went on tour with Daft Punk, and we worked in the... We did a song with Timberland for 
um, the Grand Theft Auto oh, Four yeah. soundtrack. Yeah, um, which was a song that we had tried to do for the second album for okay. the that album, but that hadn't worked with uh, the producers that we were working with at that time. Um, but I know I don't know like both musically both musically both those both of those experiences kind of made me be like huh there's like these other ways of making music that yeah. that I'm interested in yeah yeah um, and I was yeah I was just like not when I got off the tour I was like I want to I don't want to listen to like you know dance music indie dance whatever like right. i'm not i'm not a, not about this right now yeah um so i was just like listening to a lot of jay-z and a lot of stevie wonder mm -hmm. um those are you know two two of my favorite two of my favorite artists what's your favorite stevie record like song or album so it changes all the time. Yeah. Um, I think at that time period it was Summersoft. Um, but I was listening to, specifically listening to the Blueprint and Songs mm -hmm. in the Key of Life. Mm -hmm. Just pretty, just kind of going back and forth between the two. Really. Interesting. And I think that, you know, there, that probably had had a had an impact on um had an impact on the songwriting yeah um um because it just helped me it just connect it just connected me to mm -hmm. it just reconnected me to the music in a different kind of way and made me want to made me want to start pushing you know I, I felt one thing like and this is like a little bit technical but one thing about like The rapture, I always felt like, and about the process of writing, like in a room collectively, is I felt like harmonically, in terms of harmonic structure, we never really pushed things very much mm. because, and I think that's part of the nature. If you if you write a lot of music by kind of jamming with people in a room, you don't right. write a whole lot of ch don't write a whole lot of changes. Sure. Um, and you know, like, you know, Stevie's music is you know harmonically very rich right. and com complex and i was like you yeah, know it's a different process right yeah composing yeah, yeah and that's and like that's like you know like because of my other music background i was like you know that's something that i kind of miss about mm -hmm. making music mm -hmm. just having you know having having these other kinds of harmonic mo movements so i think that's why i started listening that's why i started listening to it and that's and then that that just got into my writing. Mm -hmm. So if you were um, advising somebody else on their career, um, is, is switching genres like that, is that a, is that a good, why is it a good business decision? <laughs> um, it's a good business decision if it's what you want to do. Um, I don't think that, you know, I was looking at so we had a after working with after working with uh 
Timberland, our contract with, um, we were signed to Mercury mm -hmm. out of the UK, mm -hmm. and that came, that our option came up, and they declined it because you know we had signed like a pre, right, pre music business recession yeah. contract. So. Sure. Much richer, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, like the option was like something ridiculous right. like compared to like what we actually, what anybody actually sold. Yeah. Um, but we had a chance to sign to um, Tim's label. Mm -hmm. And to me, I thought that was, that I was like, oh, that, you know, that sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, create, like I found working with him to be really creatively interesting. Sure. And like challenging and it, you know, it felt like a progression. And the other guys just weren't into it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a little bit of business stuff in there, like just mm -hmm. straight contract shit. But a mm -hmm. lot, I think the crux of it was that they just felt like, you know, like, it was a, it wasn't a risk that they wanted it wasn't a risk creatively that they wanted to take yeah. um and that you know it wasn't you know i think that they just sort of felt like wanted to stay kind of more in a different kind of world sure and to me like I was just like, well, I don't, I know that I don't want to carry on, like, just, you know, like, I think, like, one of the, one of the things that was brought up was this idea of, like, just sort of, like, becoming sort of, like, one of the sort of, like, elder statesmen kind of, like, indie bands, like, I don't know, right. like Sonic Youth or some shit yeah, like sure. that, and, like, I was just like, that's just not it, creatively all that interesting to right. me, that's not, you know, I feel like I'm still young enough that I don't want to just keep on doing the same shit yeah. <laughs> for the rest of my life. Well, that has to be one of the challenges for musicians, right? Is that, you know, invariably, you know, if things go well, you're going to get known for one thing. Hopefully it's more than one song. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, it's one song or it's three songs or it's, you know, in best case, it's four albums. Yeah. Right. And then for the rest of your life, that's what people want. Right. They want to hear those over and over again. And, you know, absolutely. I mean, I think like even like with our second album, there were people who were like, this isn't the first album, right. you know. Exactly. Like. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a real challenge because, you know, um, like, you know, I, my favorite albums I've heard, you know, a few dozen times, probably maybe a little more in, in you know, rare exception. But, you know, the guy that wrote it has heard it several thousand times and, you know, maybe more. Yeah. And it's like, like you, you just got to be sick of it. And you got to be sick of talking about it and thinking about it. and or, or not necessarily sick of it, but it's like you also, I think, you know, you, you'd have to feel that like, oh, I got more. You know what I mean? I have other interests and other things. Even if I st still love this over here, right? Like, I don't want to only be Well, that. nobody, I mean, that's, that's the... Um... I feel like that's also such a it's a real classic musician like as soon as anybody tries to pin you down as right. being one thing you're like no right. I'm not that I'm, right. I'm more than that. I'm this like yeah. you know people are always and some of that's like maybe a little bit of denial but some of that's also I think like creatively it's how you keep on mm -hmm. it's how you keep on growing exactly um 
you know that's so so you know looking forward like how much like how much do you think like okay i'm a soul artist now versus like this is the project i made and who knows the next the next you know in five years you know you're gonna make a you're gonna be a classical artist or or whatever i mean it's it's possible yeah i i would be pretty surprised because i don't listen to i don't listen to a whole lot of that but you know like um you know like i think that any i mean i think to some extent like those all those kinds of labels you know they're we put things we put you put things in categories because it's easier as a listener to understand and relate them to each other but i think for any I think for most artists, they're not thinking like, I'm, this is, unless they're at a cynical phase in their career where they are like literally like, this is, I'm going to make a soul record or right. I'm going to make a Broadway record sure. or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're just trying to, you know, they're just making what they make. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think that for me, this set of music, feels very connected to feels very connected to who I am and feels very connected to my feels very connected to my past mm-hmm. and my past experiences and my past <laughs> musical experiences yeah. so so what's what's the response been from people not like me like from from rapture fans specifically like do you start over completely or or how much of that follows you or like do, do you even think about that I think initially I was, there was part of me that was like, I don't care what they think. <laughs> like, yeah. But like, that was like, that's all like head shit. That's like, that's, that's, that's me more than it has to do with anybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some followed along. I mean, like, you know, the way that a friend of mine put it this way, like, you know, think about how much that you've changed since you know 2003 or whatever right. like they've all changed too in their own lives mm-hmm. so you know you your you know your audience changes and grow and a lot of it i think grew some of it grew with grew with me yeah and grew to a place where they appreciate the music some of them didn't and right. you know that's sure it's gravy either way any so any surprises with that um, I don't know what you mean, so probably not. Okay, <laughs> but, no, just you know, I, like again, you know, like uh, people resonating in a way that you didn't expect them to, or kind of you know rejecting it in a way that maybe you didn't expect them to. I don't hear too much from people who who reject who reject it. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they're out there. Right. I mean. They're just probably not. But they, you know, to you. they don't. Yeah, they don't bother. <laughs> to, they don't. Thankfully, they don't. I mean, I'm. I don't have too much on YouTube yet, so right. I'm sure that's when. Sure. That's where they will. Those people will find their voice to yeah. let me know that they don't like what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. But the new video is coming out. New video is coming out uh, so that, for. So that'll be the chance for people, <laughs> for all those people to. Uh, but honestly, like, if I'm being my best, my best self, I won't read any of that stuff because yeah. it serves me no purpose are you good at staying away from that stuff i'm pretty good about it yeah. yeah um 
you know, there's moments, I guess. But do you, um, how do you use or, or think of social media? It's an it's an ongoing um, evolution. Yeah. Um, I think that. Um, let, me, let me ask you this way: what What's the best part, or what do you enjoy most? What I enjoy most is talk is honestly just straight up inter like interactions with like random not random people you know fans <laughs> that yeah. you know and like you know there's like people that I follow on like Twitter now who I've never met mm -hmm. who they came to me initially because they like because they liked what I was doing either from rapture stuff or this current stuff or both mm -hmm. and like now like I know like I know what like uh Lorenzo in Texas is like doing like a, yeah. you know day to day and like that's yeah. that's weird but cool nice that's cool um okay I have kind of a lightning round okay that uh let's see how we do here oh I have a couple more before we get to that but um who who's been who who have been important mentors like have you learned all this stuff kind of on your own or has there been folks that have helped you along the way i mean a lot of it has been learning it on my own um you know i think that you know i've signing to uh paul epworth's label i learned a lot good i, I learned a, i mean creatively i think I learned a lot. I could. I think it. That the whole thing could have gone better, and I think that he would say the same thing. Um, you know, he was. He did give me some like important mentorship. I think like when I first got out of the band, I was doing. A, I was flailing around a little bit mm -hmm. um, in terms of feeling like I wanted to try a lot of different, a lot of different types of music in a yeah. lot of different situations and he helped focus me in a little bit on mm -hmm. what his just from he was just like look from i feel like this stuff sounds like you're just doing some like shit that you think is cool yeah. and this stuff sounds like more like what you really care about and what and you should just focus on that and mm -hmm. stop worrying about the stop worrying about the shit that you're just doing because you think somebody that's somebody is gonna think you're cool for doing it. Right. Yeah. Um That's good advice. Yeah. I mean that was that was definitely a big that was definitely a big relationship. Mm-hmm. Um and besides that, you know, I've different different collaborators different you know like some some man some like managers that i don't work with but mm -hmm. are you know people that are yeah will lend a bit of perspective yeah. um you know it's 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 cool the um you know the the music helps open open a lot of doors when i need it yeah imagine <laughs> yeah yeah so what's the goal where where are you you know where where are you trying to take 
this project, but you know, more more broadly. I mean, what are trying to do? for me, like, I want to. I want to be able to tour um, sustainably. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to. Yeah, I mean, I, I like. I, I really love performing live, and. Um, getting you know just getting the uh, for me like the next the first the the next step would just be getting enough exposure on the music so that i can get i can i can tour around the u.s tour Mm -hmm. around europe go to go to japan go to australia i mean that's you know that's that's what i love to do i love being on stage i love the create i love the create the moment-to-moment creativity of live performance nice so just trying to get get the music out there more so mm-hmm. that um so that people so that that can happen um i do want to get back into the studio um and i would you know i don't have a you know i don't have a label at the moment mm-hmm. and is that um are you trying to keep it that way like is the intention to just be independent or are you no the intention's not to just be independent i mean like i I, you know, I don't know that it necessarily has to, I don't, I don't know that it necessarily has to be a label. Mm-hmm. It can, you know, if it, whatever, but I, you know, I'm old fashioned in the sense that like, I would still like to hear music on the radio. Yeah. Um, and I would like to be able to go into the, go into the studio and not be, not be counting every, not be counting every penny. Um, of course. Or in like and like, you know, like, you know, when we're on a break, like, and people are like, right. like chit chatting or something, be like, oh, all right, guys, <laughs> that was <laughs> it's coming out of my pocket. That was sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like, hurry um, up. For sure. So no, I mean, I I would you know, and like whether that's a label or like, so you know, uh, I I don't even know what the options yeah. are now. There's a yeah, lot yeah. of things, but some someone to someone to someone to invest and help just grow the just help get the music out into out to a larger audience mm-hmm. okay um all right my lightning round so tell me uh tell me one thing you know for sure my hands are in front of me <laughs> right now okay we're trusting that sight sense of sight some some philosophers would argue you don't know that but Ooh. they might be wrong i mean What's um what's something you used to believe and then you decided that you had been wrong? Hmm. Um something I used to believe and decided that I was wrong. I don't know, what's something that you used to believe that you decided you were wrong about? Um that a uh, low-fat, high pasta diet was a healthy thing to be eating. Um, yeah, that's probably, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I have this. Th- I I asked this question because, and I, like, I have this theory that like everything we knew before the internet was wrong. Yeah. Um, maybe that like. See, I see. I'm in my head. I'm always like, 
but maybe deep in my heart, I knew it was. <laughs> I knew it was wrong. Okay. Um, you know, because I was gonna say like, you know, maybe some about like, maybe some about like uh, some about um, skinny jeans. <laughs> that would be being a, being being a good look. A good idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be totally fair. But I think uh, I think on some level, I always knew that. <laughs> That's so funny. Um. What is is there a talent that you always wish you had more of? Um, yeah. Um, uh, just the ability, that ability to just like walk walk into a room and like just introduce yourself to mm. you know just kind of like that's a good one. Work the room. Yeah. Um, who, uh, who would most excite you if you learned they were a fan of your work? First answer, first thing that popped into my head was Stevie Wonder. So mm -hmm. that would, that'd be pretty, that'd be yeah. pretty incredible. That'd be awesome. Um, if you could choose another career and you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Do I have to stop doing what I'm doing? Oh, that's a good question. No one's giving me. Uh, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yeah. Oh, so it's just like a side, a side, I have a sideline. Yeah. If you, okay. Sure. All right. I have a sideline in um, venture capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, is that just because, you know, you know you'd make a lot of money or is it As like a strictly you have, because, you have strictly in because I know I'd make a lot of money. Okay. I have no zero interest in that world. I mean, so I if guess you had to give up music if, and do if that. If I had to give up music and do that, that wouldn't be happy. I mean, the closest thing that I have as an answer to like a career that like I can imagine doing besides music, which I can't, would be being a chef. Mm. Um just because it's I certainly enjoy cooking yeah but I've never worked in a kitchen yeah. from everything I understand it's a pretty hellacious yeah, yeah life yeah. yeah you know it's not really something I'm trying to do like I just like cooking right like I would probably I could maybe like being like a personal chef or something like that oh, okay. so that seems like a much less stressful yeah. life than like trying to run a restaurant or something like that that's a good one because I'm like that I like the outcome yeah feeding people and and you know all that is great i get but a lot of i, I feel I, like i, I get I a lot of like process meditation done while yeah. I'm, while i'm doing that yeah, yeah cooking for one or for yeah. three or something like that yeah but for, like cooking for like a hundred that sounds terrible <laughs> that sounds stressful what do you cook um you know i've beat any you know i've been back on like plant-based diet for nice a few years now yeah um i had a, a f i was like that i was like that when i was a kid and then mm -hmm. i had a few wayward course. years of um life on the road man. foie gras yeah. and well oh, okay. that was the nice version yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah, the, yeah. it was it was the life on the road that did it to me it was like yeah. second tour with the band and like being vegan at the time at that time and like 
with two That's dudes hard. who weren't vegan. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, they yeah. were, and like we were making, you know, we were making like no money. Right. So at that time. So yeah. th- they would always stop at like Burger King. Sure. McDonald's. Yeah, and there's like, there's like literally nothing on the McDonald's menu that is th- at that time that was vegan. I don't mm-hmm. know anymore. So you could get a bun. Which yeah. is probably not vegan because it's probably butter in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like, I, mean, I was sitting there, like, you know, ga- I was lettuce. sitting there, like, picking, like, cheese out right. of, like, a terrible salad. And I was just like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> that sucks. Um, what's the last great book you read? Um, Arrow of God by Chino okay. Achibe. Okay. I always wonder. I've been saying that, and I was like, am I saying his name right? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm gonna look it up though. Um, what uh, what do you collect? Um, I collect I collect records, but I don't indulge it yeah. anymore. Yeah. I when I move to, I can I can, very much so, but. That was that was really when I realized it's re- now it like literally is just a collection mm-hmm. because like I when I moved to LA like yeah. I bought like a bunch of records and then I was like it's like I don't even listen to these right. I'm just buying this because yeah, yeah. I'm in the store and I'm like oh I love this album For like sure. but I'm not even listening to it I'm listening to the album on yeah. Spotify yeah <laughs> so, nah, so, like, so I was like let's put an end to this I have a record collection yeah but I don't add to it anymore. Well, you know, I've I've done this recently, and and I suggest, like, spend the afternoon in front of the turntables, like, just playing, shit, and it, like it feels really good. Yeah, you know, and I I do that. I have a young son that I'm trying to teach, you know, to play vinyl and stuff, and so we'll do that once in a while, and you know, just, but yeah, it's way inconvenient, and it's not, you know. You could just pop on the Sonos and have any song you like and whatever, but um, yeah, but no, it's a nice. Yeah, there's only one. Rec- I only own. Well, I I probably own more than one record that mm-hmm. isn't available. Yeah, stream. But sure. there's only one that I'm aware of that I have to. But even that's on. I can listen to it on YouTube. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, what movie do you think you've seen the most? Um. Probably coming to America or Major League, just because when I was a kid, yeah. like I watched those movies on on repeat. Coming to America is my shit, man. Coming to America is a is a pretty amazing movie. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched Major League in like twenty years, so uh, me neither. I, I was thinking know. of watching it with my son, but I, I think he's I don't think he's gonna get it yet. How old is he? He's seven. I was probably like eight. Okay. Or so. I was okay. definitely wasn't that was like I wasn't allowed to watch right. that movie. For sure. But my cousins were. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I watched you, it with, sneak in. with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. We're not too strict on the movies. Like I I'm more interested in, in A having a well rounded, you know, cultural education for him. Yeah. That's not just all little kid movies, but also like teaching him the difference that like stuff on screen and in real life is two different things and you know yeah i mean i feel like i was you know i was exposed to a lot of like yeah yeah not just like little kid 
shit right. and turned out fine. Seems like it's gone the other way. Like parents are just watching kids' movies because yeah, yeah. they can watch them with their kids. Yeah. And so, like, those are all the biggest movies, you know. But, like, I mean, like. I don't want to do that. My dad was definitely, especially, like, my dad, like, when my mom went out of town, like, you know, like, he wouldn't, like, get, like, some kid's movie to watch. He'd just get, like. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Got, like, you know, like, got, like, My Life is a Dog or uh-huh. something like that. And I'd yeah. just be, like, all right, I guess I don't really understand what's going on in this movie, but this is what we're watching. So. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. I watched, I was a little older, but I watched uh, Cheech and Chong for the first time with my dad. And I remember, like, I mean, I was, I was like 13, but I remember feeling like, should I be watching this with my dad? And then I look over and he had fallen off the couch laughing. So he literally <laughs> fell, fell on the floor laughing. That's pretty good. It was great. We had, yeah, that was See, great. like, I also feel like when you're, a lot of shit, like, if, you, if you're just too young for it, like, you don't even yeah, register. Like, yeah. Cypress Hill's, like, first album, like, I listened to that <coughs> on tape, like, constantly. But I didn't realize that they were talking about weed. Is that like, right? When I was, like, too, I was, like, too young for that, for that first album. That's cool. And then the, sec- the next album, yeah, yeah. I was, like... I was like, man, what happened? Like, all they do is talk about weed. Well, they are, they also <laughs> got more overt. Like, yeah, that's I mean, true. Like, it became more. It became more of the subject yeah, matter. But yeah, yeah. I went back and listened to the first one. I was like, oh no, they were always right. talking about <laughs> yeah, that shit. I was just like, I was sure. just too naive to right. to understand what was going on. Yeah. So that's hilarious. All right, last one before they're gonna throw us out of here. Um, favorite DJ? Um, DJ Lindsay in new york okay who's, you know not a very well-known dj but yeah. she always plays amazing shit she has a she has a show on uh the lot radio <laughs> oh cool um i think it's on i think it's on wednesdays uh-huh. but i could be i could be wrong about that it's called look both ways nice um, i'm gonna check her out i'm always looking for new djs yeah no she's incredible that's dope so dope well, dude, thanks for doing this, man. This was great. Great stories. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you for having uh, me. How do, how do folks find you online? Um, I am Maddie Safer at everywhere. I have my website, maddiesafer.com. That's Maddie with an I-E, M-A-T-T-I-E-S-A-F-E-R. Um, and then on all social platforms, I am the only Maddie Safer that I know of. So. Nice. And uh, and you get the EP on SoundCloud. You can get the EP on Spotify. Spotify, everywhere. you can, but you can get it on Apple Music. You can okay. get it, buy it on iTunes. Uh, you can buy it on uh, Amazon. Um, you know, if think about think about think about buying. You know, listen to it on Spotify, and if you enjoy <laughs> it, think about buying it because That's it right. does actually make a difference. Support. Like it, like you know, the artists do need you know do needs money to live on, and believe me, I use streaming and all of that yeah and i don't buy everything but you know if it's something that i love i try to support it yeah um and the new video is is what yeah new video is for uh the single whenever you're ready um i've just filmed it uh the other day with um another artist that i think you should talk to um uh by the name of holt okay um who is uh, from Chicago but lives here now, um, and you know he's a music, talented, mu- talented musician in his own right, signed to Good Music. Oh, cool! But um, 
also makes great videos and yeah. just a really really awesome dude i'm really excited about the video nice i can't wait to see it thanks man thank you Yo, Maddie Safer, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, go check out this dude's record. It is a beautiful record. Uh, you can hear it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere else. And you can find Rebel Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else, except not most places, but you can find us some places. Um, subscribe so you don't miss any of our wonderful episodes. iTunes, look for Rebel Radio. Make sure you click the one with the orange logo with the mic not the other one there's multiple rebel radios up there don't get it twisted hey most importantly come back next week for more rebel radio